Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining me on Real Talk Entertainment. This is a podcast where I'll be talking to guests from the world of sport, music, film, theatre, and TV, as well as many more. On tonight's episode, I'll be talking to Kieran Stephen. Kieran Stephen is a master in technician in the music world, and I'll be talking to him about that and much more. Been a while, long time. I started by asking Kieran how he was dealing with lockdown. Lockdown haven't affected me because of my job. My job, I've never closed down. So in effect, for me, the whole lockdown period I've just been abnormal me going to work like normal. It, the only change I've been in the family because the family is home. The son has been out of school. The wife has not been able to work. So she's been at home. So that, in, in respect, I've changed our mindset of how to deal with them mentally and psychologically of them being in the house 24-7. So that's the biggest change, really. It, it was more the impact of my son and wife at home. But for me personally, the, um, the routine has been the same. It's not been affected at all. Okay, I see. I see. So, so, so with the studio work, um, in particular, because that's what we'll be focusing on. If you're happy with that, yeah, um, yeah, that's um, What what got you into that in the first place? How did you get into studio work and and the kind of work you're doing? Yeah, well, got in studio. I've always been a musician. Before I actually came to England, I was always a musician. I played in multiple bands in Saint Lucia, where I'm from. So I've always been a musician. And then um, when I came to England, I started doing the, the production, you know, started producing. I come my I had this label, LMP Records. It used to be LMP, which was Liquid Music Production initially, when I was doing the production. And then <clears throat> I just naturally migrated into mixing um, my own record. And then I started mixing for people. So I do very little production now. I only do like co-producing and stuff like that, but I don't sit there and produce. I just literally don't have the time anymore. So then I transformed from liquid music production to still LMP, but it's um, LMP records now, you know. Um, so that's how I got into the whole music, the whole stuff from just being a musician. I then went on to ask Kieran if he'd always had an interest in the technical side of the business. Yeah, in, in retrospect, yeah, because I've been, I've been since, what, 2001. I really started taking the production stuff really seriously and then did a couple other um a crew of us, um, of about four or five of us in London, and then we were doing trying to make it in the music industry. So we've had lots of highs and lows, and so I've learned a lot about the business and the music and how the music industry is in the UK, how it is in the world, and um, just decided, listen, I'm not trying to do any artist stuff anymore. I'm just going to just do stuff for, just mix records for people. So I mix stuff. People send me tracks from, I'm doing a track right now from Trinidad. I do a lot of stuff from, I'm American rappers that send me stuff from America. I do a lot of stuff for gospel artists are in the UK. You know, I'm grime artists from the UK. So yeah, so I'm just I've just made myself available. I try to have a presence on on social media. Um, I do something called every Sunday called Mixtape Sunday. I'm on my Instagram where I kind of just show the up and coming mixing engineers and up and coming producers and stuff. I give them tips that I've learned over the years. So I normally do a little two, three, four minutes mixtape Sunday. So I try to do that every Sunday. Um, yeah, and, and it's, it's had a good response. I've actually got a number of clients from them seeing my mixtape Sundays and been interested to work with. 
I then asked Kieran if there was any familiar names that he'd worked with in the past or even currently. I mean, I work with another artist which is quite big in the grime scene in London called Melvilla. He's, he has a big movement in London. Um, I'm actually just mastered the track for them last week. So I, I work with so many different artists. I work with a, a, a good bit of American rappers as well. They have the big movement around the area. So they're not like global. They're not your 50 cents or M&M and those like kind of level. But they, quite, they have quite a movement regarding the, the, um, the town or the city, you know. Kieran then went on to tell me how he kept his finger on the pulse and kept up to date with all the music and the music scene. I'm always listening to what's in the chat. There's a reason why songs will be in the chat. So I'm always listening to music two ways. I listen to music on a technical standpoint, meaning I listen to how it, how it was recorded, how it was mixed, the effects that was used on it, how the kick sound, how the bass sound. I listen to how... Um, how the mastering engineer did his touch on it. And then sometimes I listen to music just as a as a fan of music. Where I, I'm not I'm not I'm not critically listening to all the elements of it. I'm just listening to it like a normal person just listening to the music in the car and stuff like that. So right. when I'm listening to it just as a fan, I'm just listening to what's out there and what's what's in the chat and what um everyday people are listening to, you know, the top ten, the top twenty, top forty records, you know, and whether it's you know, um, the top dance records or the top number one record in the UK. Every week I make sure I know what the number one record is. Everything, every Friday I make sure I need to know what the number one record is. You know, if it was right. the same record from last week, because there's a reason why a record was number one. So if that record is number one and it's number one for two or three, four weeks on the chart, I need to know why it's staying on the chart like that. So then I go critically and listen to it, listen to how it's mixed, listen to how it was recorded, listen to the vocals on it, listen to the arrangement. There's a reason why people like it, because of the sonic elements of it so and then when you go deeper when i'm mixing a track if i'm mixing a hip-hop track then if the 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 number one hip-hop track right now in the uk is in the food is on food in the charts or two in the charts i want to listen to that sonically to see okay this is how the vocal sits on it this is how bright it is this is how much bass it has so if i'm mixing a record i'm mixing it so that it suits what's current you know, so I'm always listening so that I can mix a record with what's current. There's no point in me mixing a, a record like normally, say, five years ago, where engineers used to play vocals, the levels and the, the frequency they used to play vocals is different to where they do it now. So I constantly have to be listening to records currently to see, okay, all right, oh, the vocals is not sitting here anymore. It's sitting a little bit higher, 4K instead of 2K, you know, so I'm constantly listening to music on the week by week. If you take the technical side out of it, what kind of music do you get excited about just from a listening basis, not a technical basis? Yeah, from a listening basis, um, I um, I listen to so much of variety. You know, um, I go from um, which is not technical because I'm, I'm more technical than not technical. Uh, I find myself listening to the music that if I'm working on say reggae, like this week I'm working on two reggae, so I find myself listening to reggae in the week. You see, because what I'm yeah. doing, I'm Indirectly, I'm tuning my ears of how reggae sounds currently. You see? Then when I go yeah. to another week, if I'm listening to gospel, if I'm mixing a gospel track, then I, I'll listen to gospel for that week because I want my ears to be tuned of how the gospel... So that's how I kind of listen to music week by week. Based on what I'm working on, I kind of listen to it that way. So um, even when I'm listening to it just as a listener, non-technical, I'm listening to it on the basis of what I'm working on as well. So it's, it's, always, it's, it's always ties in.
I would not just go and listen to jazz, you know, just listen to jazz, for example, when I'm not doing something which is jazz-based, if that makes sense. You yes, know, yes, if, yes, if I hear something yes. playing, I will, ooh, I will listen to it and listen to it like that. But I won't listen to a whole jazz album just because I'm just going to listen to it just on that. If my brains don't work that way. It always tends to be on what I'm working on. Kieran was then asked if having a keen ear for music and the way it should sound was something you were born with or something that you develop over time. I think, I think it, it's both. I mean, every skill people have, you have it two ways. Some of them are um, adopted. And some of them are, are being, you, you, you naturally have it, you know? And some of them, you naturally have it and you just need development of it. You know, I mean, if you look at Usain Bolt as an athlete, he's just naturally fast. And you might find another person who can become fast, but they're not naturally fast, they train. And you might have some people that might train for 100 years and they'll never be as fast as he because he naturally has that skill. He was naturally born. Some people just naturally born to how to think. And some people go to singing lessons and they, they give them all the scales and then they, they learn to sing. But they're not, they didn't possess that talent. They kind of developed that talent. And there are some people that have talents that um, it takes a bit of development. You know, like you said, both he was naturally fast, but then he had to sharpen his skills. So you have to train, you have to keep well, you have to sharpen it. So for me, I think it's, um, I don't see myself as, I always say that to my um, to people, I don't see myself as being great on anything. I think my greatest ability is the ability to learn. So I'm not like a fantastic keyboard player or fantastic bass player or crazy drummer like those guys I know who are just natural musicians like that. But my greatest ability is that I could jump on the drums and I can learn it as quick as, as, as anything. Or I could jump on a guitar and I can just learn it. So I think my greatest achievement and ability is the ability that I can learn. I can go to a country and live and I can learn the language crazy. I, I lived in Germany and in six months, I had the qualification to go to university in, in Germany after six months of going to, to German school. So that's my greatest asset is my ability to learn and to, to grasp stuff. I don't think I'm natural in anything. I think I'm just able to learn it quick, if that makes sense. Kieran was then asked, knowing the pitfalls in the industry as he does, if he would talk any keen enthusiasts into joining his profession. I will always tell somebody, if you want to go music, music, you go 100%. Music could change your life instantly. But if you're going into music and you're thinking you're going to have early success, then it's not for you. you got to go into music for the long haul. I just finished with an album with a friend of mine. He released it yesterday. You know, his artist is Counterflow. He released the album. It's called um, Immaculate Conception. I recorded all the tracks. I mixed and mastered all the tracks. 13 tracks on the album, 12 tracks on the album. And I was discussing that if you don't get this hat and it's your very first album, if you're just going to go and think, I'm just going to put out 12 songs or something like that and think I'm just going to be instant hit, it's, it's, it's not, the, um, it's not the, the, the sector for you. If you're coming into music, you've got to come with, for the long haul. And you might be lucky. You might do your very first song and it goes, it goes global. Or it might be a massive hit in the UK. But that happens on a very rare. That happens that you just come with your first song and, and boom, instantly. It's like that. But I would always advise people, there's go into music, you know, go into music as much as you can and be as creative as you can, be as, as vigilant as you can and it could possibly happen for you. But also be mindful that it's an expensive sector to go into, you know, and you got to be patient. That's what I would say to anyone that want to go into uh, music. I then asked Kieran if he was to give somebody one good piece of advice, what would it be? And one thing, 
perseverance, you know, is the thing. If there's any, whatever sector they're doing, it's perseverance, it's professionalism. Don't do things by half. If you have one foot in, one foot out, you know, you, 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 you're always limiting yourself. You're limiting your ability. So I'll say yeah. everything. I, I personally, I don't do anything by half. You know, I try to do everything up to the, to the highest quality that I can and to the highest ability that I can. You know, um, if I'm buying a piece of equipment for my studio, I'm not, I, I, I don't have the mindset, oh, I'm just going to buy the one that I can make do with. I work till I get the proper one. So that's my philosophy. I don't do things by half. If I'm going to buy a microphone, I'm just, oh, I'm just going to buy one that's substandard and then later on, get a, I, just, I just go in because it's my passion. It's everything I put into it. So I do things, I do it fully. I don't go by half. So if I'm giving them a, um, giving them a pointer, do it, do it professional and do it, give it your all. If you feel like, oh, I want to give in that 60, 70%, why should someone take note of what you're giving 50% of your in your time into or what, so why would someone be interested in what you're doing when you yourself know you're not even giving your, your all into it? So that's my philosophy. Give it your all, 100 so going back to the, the technical side, now with, with the microphone, just a microphone as an example. Yeah. Would you would you spend a period of time researching that one bit of equipment that you needed, or would you kind of just see what the best one you could find in the shop at that time? Would it, you know, how would you go about no. that? Before I buy anything, I do months and months of research. Months and months. I have. I just had one piece of equipment arrive all the way from Canada yesterday. Um, and then I have some other equipment coming. Um, it meant to be here two weeks ago, but because of the delays with COVID and stuff like this, um, I was doing some upgrades in the studio. Um, the stuff I ordered from my shop here in the UK comes from California, but the company has been struggling to get some other parts to make the um, items and stuff like that. So they reckon it might be another two weeks and stuff like that. But if I buy all any of those items, I do months and months of research. I do a lot of YouTube. I do, a, um, I do a lot of the forums. I do a lot of the Facebook groups. You know, so if I'm going to buy a microphone, um, the microphone I'm interested in, I will find that microphone Facebook page and that microphone Instagram page. Um, I will go on Guessler on Google and I will search and I will do weeks, three, four, five, six weeks of research. See what people are saying on Guessler. See what they're saying in the Facebook groups and the, you know, and, and the Instagram groups and see what the feedback is. See what people are saying Anything you're going to buy, there's most likely a review on it on YouTube. I'm going to go on YouTube. I'm going to do a review and see what they're saying. I'm going to listen for myself. And then if I'm still not convinced or if I'm 100% convinced, sometimes I actually go to my music store and I listen for myself. Before I bought my studio speakers, um, I did a lot of research on it. And then I wanted to actually hear it for myself. So I went to the shop and I booked an hour session and I went and listened to it, physically listened to it to ensure my ears was happy with the, the speakers I was going to buy. You know, um, the microphone, I did not need to go to the shop because from the reviews and everything I was seeing around the place, I was like, yeah, I'm happy that's the microphone for me. So then I bought it even without going to listen to it. So, yeah, everything I buy is constant, constant weeks and weeks of research. I then went on to ask Kieran about a recent bereavement in his family and how he was dealing with that. Are you happy to talk um, to on the personal Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Um, to be honest, um, this this is I'm still like living in a dream at the moment because obviously I haven't been able to go to St. Lucia. Um, 
I watched my mom got buried via video video link, which is like still still like still unbelievable to me. Um, I'll be going to San Lucia in the next five six weeks or something like that. So maybe when I actually visit this the grave, when I actually go and I see my mom's name on that grave, maybe it's when it's gonna be home. I don't know what my reaction is gonna be. I don't know how I'm gonna um, take it. But at the moment, I have my lows and my I I just try to dive into work, my family, and and my music to keep my brain busy because otherwise it's just it's just not. I would just be stagnant if my brain um, had to try and understand what's happening. So at the moment, it's I can't say that the bereavement have actually happened or not because it's just it's just even too hard to imagine that this is real. So that that's where I am mm-hmm. right now. But I do have my my low point. My birthday was like the um, fifth of June. That Friday, it I felt that was my lowest point, knowing that I wasn't going to be getting a call from my mom. Because my sisters call me to wish me happy birthday, but normally, because I have twin sisters, so normally they would call and then my mom would speak to me as well. So that that didn't happen. So that was a massive. That was one of the first changes that that would normally happen every year. And it didn't happen this year. Speaking to them and speaking mm-hmm. to my mom. So um, I'm still trying to to grasp that this is real, but we'll see when I go to Saint Lucia and actually what happens. Physically, I'm okay. Mentally, I go up and down, and I'm just trying to stay busy, to be honest. So, what have you got in the pipeline? Pipeline, um, they say I have um, have a gospel. There's a gospel album which I I, I mastered. It was um, thirteen track. Um, uh, my name is Michelle. She's a UK artist, so that's not been released yet. As I said, like we just had an album release. Um, it's my um. Kind of artist I've been working working from his name is Counterflow, um C O U N T A Flow F L O W. He has this new album which was released yesterday called um Immaculate Conception. It's kind of like a hip hop dancehall kind of album. So that was released yesterday, which was what yeah um yesterday was what the twenty sixth. Um yes. And then yeah, um we have a have a couple um couple of um, gospel tracks which are going to be coming out. I'm doing two reggae tracks. So, I mean, the easiest thing is that if people follow me on Instagram, my name is um, LMP Records UK, at LMP Records UK. Um, same thing, Facebook, at LMP Records UK. You could then keep keep um, tab of what, what I have coming up. I have so many stuff working on that, trying to get my brains on what, which one is dropping when. But sometimes I finish the track and then the artists themselves don't even know the release date yet. You see, so um, I just yeah. send it to them, and then they will release it when they want. Um, that new track which I did, Melvillas, called Summer House, Melvillas, Summer House. Um, I guess any time that should be released any time when the label decides it's ready to go. And um, I'm doing a track for an artist from Trinidad, which um, which I'm currently mixing. I need to mix it in today, and then I have um, another reggae track for a Jamaican based in Canada. Um, it's called Mama. Um, his name is Fabiges. Um, so I've that in the cards to finish up. And then I'm doing another track soon for an artist called Samuel Bella. It's called Revival. It's a gospel artist. That one we want to transform the gospel world in that album. My friend is currently mixing it, and we're almost on the the end of it, so I can do the mastering on that track. So 
there's, there's so many tracks along on the horizon there. You just follow at LMP Records, at LMP Records UK, and Karen Stephen on Facebook, and then you can always follow my progress and whatnot. Lovely. Well, I'll, I'll leave it there. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for, for talking to me and being so open and honest about everything. Amazing. Just a big shout out to all your, your fans, you know, keep supporting you and keep letting your numbers rise. You know, let's get to 10,000, let's get to 15,000, 20,000, it could be possible. So yeah, just keep spreading the word to all your fans. That's a message to all your fans. Keep spreading your word so they could check out your podcast and you know, that lets you grow. You're doing a wonderful thing. And that let your numbers grow. You know that you could be influential in the um, podcasting world. It's amazing what you're doing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye, Steve. Take care. Thank you. You too. First and foremost, I'd like to say thank you to you for listening. Thank you to Kieran and Stephen for being a great guest on today's podcast. And I'd like to invite you all back next week when I'll be talking to Ras Ziggy. My name is Jerry Crow. You've been listening to Real Talk Entertainment, the podcast keeping it real. During the interview, Kieran mentioned numerous artists that he was working with. One of those artists was Counterflow. Here's a little snippet to play out with of Counterflow from his album, Wheel and Come Again. <laughs>